Hello, everyone. My name is uh, Mike Dice with the Extra Rounds podcast. My co-host and usual uh, sidekick, Elias Sepeta, is on vacation in Europe with his lovely wife, so he's going to be enjoying that, uh, and I'll be doing the show by myself. We have a full lineup of guests for you guys today. We're very excited about it. We have uh, a lot of Bellator 162 fighters. We've uh, talked a lot about the UFC recently, and it's nice to finally get some Bellator fighters on here. We have uh, Ryan Couture, Kendall Grove, Asaki Kato, Alexander Shlomenko, and uh, Yamauchi is going to be on the show. Um, so we're really looking forward to that. And I uh, wanted to remind everybody, as always, we uh, like to try and get people to call in. And you can leave us uh, questions and if you want, um, you know, with your name, and we'll get to them at some point and try to answer them as best as we can for you. So uh, leave a voicemail with your name and your question. Uh, the number to call in is on your screen. It's 815-570-3923. One more time, that is 815-570-3923. I I didn't want to talk a whole lot of news and about current topics because I'm by myself and I don't think anybody wants to listen to me ramble on. But I did want to mention that uh, Josh Simons passed, or the news broke that he has uh, passed this morning. And uh, I just wanted to say that my thoughts and prayers are with his family and his friends and all those close to him, uh, particularly those at uh, Bloody Elbow where he wrote from time to time. I know that they, it must be a difficult time for them as well. Um, also, my good friend Dwayne Finley, who was uh, close to Josh, who also wrote an excellent uh, tribute to Josh on, um, on Flow Combat. So if you have time, uh, make sure to check that stuff out. Um, it's a troubling time. And uh, my thoughts and prayers are with all those people. So first uh, guest, we have him on the line. Let me see if we're ready to go. Is uh, Ryan Couture. Ryan, uh, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out to join us. Ryan, you there? No problem. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Uh, It's been a while since you last fought. Uh, Did you need time off uh, before you're coming back? Is there an injury or were you just waiting for a fight? Uh, definitely needed needed a little break. I, I uh, had a pretty bad concussion coming out of that last fight, and, and was a little shook up. I'd never been uh, never been knocked out cold like that before, so um, it was good for me to take a little downtime and kind of regroup and, and you know make sure make sure I took care of my head and, and and then you know also mentally get myself back in the right frame of mind to be training and competing. So it was a, it was a good a good little break for me, but. I'm, I'm feeling uh, feeling uh, fired up and, and ready to get back after it now. now you fought, uh, or you were supposed to fight Derek Anderson. You ended up fighting Patricky. Uh Before the fight, I read an interview where you said that it was a big jump. Uh, in hindsight, was it too big of a jump? What happened there? No, I, I still feel like that's a fight I could have won. I, I did a lot of good things before, uh, before everything went south on me. Uh, I just, uh, you know, he's a dangerous guy, so anytime you're in there exchanging strikes with someone that hits that hard, that, that's a risk that you're taking, and, um, you know, I think some some tactical errors led to some technical errors, and, and uh, it didn't go my way, but, but I definitely know in my heart I'm more than capable of beating him, it just, it just wasn't my night. And uh, everyone talks about how hard it is for a fighter to take a fight on short notice, but it's equally as difficult for somebody in your position to have to change gears and fight a different fighter on short notice. Uh, does that play a factor at all? Yeah, it's tough to make those adjustments. Uh, 
you know, we felt good about it in that case because I was going from one guy who's a striker who I needed to get on the ground to another guy who, same situation, obviously, they, they have very different styles and different builds, but, but overall, game plan-wise, it didn't change a ton. We just had to adjust some of the details, so it didn't seem like as a as big of a change going in, but it, it definitely, I noticed uh, the the general interest in the fight and kind of that, that I don't know, expectation of it ramped up uh, because Patricky's got such an established name in Bellator. Um, so I don't know if that played a factor at all, but that was, I think, the biggest thing that I noticed changed once, once the opponent swapped out. So it's your first loss in Bellator. Um, you know, going forward, how do you rebound? How do you, how do you get back to your winning ways? Uh, just focus on this next fight and go in and, and make a statement. I gotta, I gotta get in there and really, uh, show what I'm capable of and, and put on a great performance. And, and I think the rest will take care of itself. It'll, uh, you know, put me hopefully not far back from, from, uh, the position I was in before that loss. Uh, your opponent is a veteran. Did you want somebody like that when you were coming back, a, a name, a veteran, somebody that you can get a win and get right back into the picture? Uh, I didn't really have my, my eyes on anyone or my heart set on, set on anything particular, but, but, uh, when they, when they suggested, uh, Goethe, I was excited because, because of his style and because of the, the, the challenge he presents. He's, he's really talented everywhere. He's a good, good striker and, and also an incredible grappler. And, and, uh, you know, it'd be, I think, a lot of fun for me to get to go in there and test my grappling against someone who's, who's as accomplished as he is. And, and uh, you know, for me, that was the, the, the biggest thing that, that I saw in, in that matchup that, that made me excited about it. And uh, your opponent is also coming off a loss. When you're fighting somebody who's also coming off a loss, does it add a different element to the fight? Uh, I think it, it ensures that you're going to get both guys showing up hungry and, and fired up and, and uh, really fighting with everything they got. You know, both both kind of feeling like our back's against the wall and you can't afford to take two in a row. It, it, it's never a good look in this sport. So, um, you know, I think it just ensures that you get the best out of both guys. Interesting. Um, you mentioned the back against the wall mentality. You're on a two fight win streak from the outside. It doesn't seem like your back is against the wall, uh, but you feel that way. Yeah, absolutely. Going, uh, going two losses in a row, you know, just, and, and maybe it's, it's sort of a byproduct of, of how that I'll see that I was used to sort of be the, the recipe for people getting cut from the UFC or whatever, but, but at least in my mind, that always kind of has a, a stigma with it. That, you know, if you lose, you lose two in a row and people start to kind of write you off and it just puts you so far to the back of the line. Um, but, but I can't imagine, uh, you know, I'll be fighting with everything I've got to, to avoid that. Uh, the lightweight division is interesting right now. The way the title picture is shaped up, the Benson Henderson, uh, Patricio fight, uh, do you feel that with a win, you're right back in the mix for a title shot? Yeah, I think especially with, with the right title win, if, if, you, uh, if you go out there and, and put on a show and really impress, then, then anything's possible. There's, there's so, many, uh, so many tough guys who are all deserving in their own way of, of being in that conversation that, that it just takes a little bit to kind of put yourself over the top. And... Speaking of that, what was your read on that fight with Benson Henderson and uh, Patricio, him getting injured, and then Bendo getting the title shot? Uh, 
really missed the, uh, the Henderson and Patricio fight, but, but from what I heard about it, it sounded like a little bit of a weird one. Um, but uh, I felt like one way or the other, whichever guy won that fight was going to get the next shot because they had the, uh, you know, kind of a grudge match angle to play up if Patricio had pulled it off. And then, obviously, uh, Henderson's an established guy, a former champion himself, so, so it makes sense to, to put him in the mix, too. And I, I think that's a fight that they can sell, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Well, uh, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out to talk to us. Uh, best of luck to you in your fight. Thank you. I appreciate it. So there we have it, Ryan Couture. He is fighting uh, Yamauchi at Bellator 162, which is in Memphis at the FedEx Forum. Uh, I believe tickets are still on sale if you're interested in going. Uh, interesting things he had to say there. He's coming off of a couple losses, uh, or one loss, I'm sorry, after uh, getting a couple wins together and maybe being in the contention for a title shot. Um, and the way that that division's played out, it is a tough division. But I think with Will Brooks leaving, Chandler getting the belt, the way the Henson, Henderson, Patricio fight played out, uh, you know, it could easily be somebody's shot if they come in and get the win right away. So um, interesting stuff to watch to there. Uh, joining us next is Kendall Grove. Kendall Grove is the main event on this card, middleweight fighter. He's fighting Alexander Shlomenko, who's coming off of a uh, suspension for uh, performance-enhancing drugs. He had that decision overturned. So uh, let's get him lined up. Hey, Kendall, how are you? Very good, and you? I'm doing well. Thank you for taking the time out to talk to us. Yeah, no problem. So you've uh, done the free agency thing before. After your last fight in Bellator, you were a free agent heading into this fight. What was that experience like? Shitty. <laughs> no, um, no, yeah, kind of. Um, it was just a waiting game. I'm an impatient bastard, and um, I, I just thought... Uh, um, uh, made me more hungrier, you know. Maybe, maybe, um, made me, made me, um just, just. I don't want to say nothing that's gonna mess me up. But no, I'm, ah, fuck it. Um, no, it made made me feel like okay, if they want me, they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna want me. But at first, it was, it, like I said, it's just a waiting game. I felt like I felt resentment. I, I thought I did enough in the company to where they'd want me. Um, and they did, you know, obviously I'm here, but um, it just took a little time, and um, and here we are. But uh, I definitely want to prove something, and um, I get to go and prove it in about two weeks. So, um, yeah, free agents, it was good and bad at some point, you know. Um, got to where I had to take a fight <laughs> uh, in Canada. Because uh, um, I thought I'd be fighting, I thought I'd be re-signed with Bellator, and um, uh, I'm good enough for a big fight, and they would get me going. But everything happens for a reason. Here we are, and uh, it just took longer than I expected. But like I said, I'm an impatient bastard. Well. Lawyers aren't always the uh, the fastest of people when it comes to trying to get things done. Yeah, 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 no shit. <laughs> so uh, when you did sign and they came, well, to you, hey, hey, lawyers are fast to take your money though. That's yeah. one thing they're fast in. Yeah, that's definitely true. They're definitely fast at taking your money by the hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, by the hour, lots of it. 
So when they came to you and said you're fighting Alexander Shlomenko, what was your uh, response? Yeah, yeah, mixed emotions. Like, oh, shit, I thought he was suspended. Oh, no, he got lifted. I was like, oh, I used to fight another cheating bastard. But, no, definitely, like, I can I can call him a cheater because he is, you know, he got caught with his hand in the cookie jar. But at the end of the day, he's cleared. We're fighting. He signed the contract. Legally, he signed the contract. I did, too. We're fighting. Um... If he is still fucking on the sauce, if he is, he'll come out. If he, if he got smarter and he hit it, then whatever. So at the end of the day, we're fighting. And still melt. Like I said, no use crying over it. You just got to wipe it up and go. And when I took the fight, I knew damn well what I was getting myself into. Um, for me, it's a test. I'm testing myself and... Uh, he, he, he's, he's going to be a hard test. You know, he is hard. He, he, he's a former champion. He's been into deep, deep waters with tough guys and came out victorious. So um, I got to bring my A game, you know, and, and I got to ace this test if I, if I want a bright future for myself. I don't want no more setbacks, and um, time to do it. Time to man up or shut up. So you're you're riding a win streak. Uh, you know you don't want to think too far ahead, but does winning this fight put you right back in the mix uh, and maybe earn you a title shot? I hope. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not trying to um, look past Shlomenko, you know. Uh, I don't want to be like, yeah, if I beat him and just start thinking, I'm, yeah, I'm fighting for the title. Um, that, that's, that, that's a far obstacle to reach right now for me, you know. Um, ask me the same question um, October 22nd. <laughs> you know, call me uh, if my hand is raised or... or if it's not, then I'll, I'll, I'll give you an honest answer. But right now, I'm really not looking at, at, at a title shot. I'm just looking at Shlomenko. I, I know it sounds like the right thing to say, but, um, but it is. You know, I, I can't look past him. He's dangerous. He, he fucks guys up. And uh, it, 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 if I come with anything less than my A game, then... I might, I might be on the bad end of that stick, you know. So I'm just trying to stay focused, concentrate on him and him only. And um, whatever happens after this fight, victorious, so be it. If not, fuck it. I, there's other people in the company that want to fight me, um, and I'm down to fight. You know, um, after the title's been defined. I mean, it would be a great ceremonial trophy to own, but. At the end of the day, I came into this game to fight whoever, whenever, and leave my mark as an MMA fighter, being the best to come out of my island. And I feel I am. I am the best MMA fighter to, and I'm still doing it. You know, and no one else has done it besides Brandon Bishop and Mr. Austin that can make it to the level I have. But I'm still doing it, and uh, that, that's my mo one of my motivations is uh, proving all my haters here on Maui wrong. Like, they think they, uh, he's done, he's not with the UFC, he's done. 
No, I'm still doing it. I'm still banging with the best outside of one of the top organizations. And Bellator's only getting better. But yeah, the free agents they've signed, and I, I, I think it's going to end with them. It's going to continue to grow and continue to get bigger, especially with the sale of the UFC. And with that rebound feel, a lot of fighters are turned off by that and testing their hand in free agency. And Scott Coker's doing great at um, swooping them up. And uh, it's only building the brand bigger and building the talent pool and making it just throwing bigger sharks in the pond, man, and I'm excited, as a competitor, I'm excited, uh, as a fan, I'm like, oh, fuck, this shit's getting crazy, <laughs> you know what I mean, and, um, but, it's only good for the sport, and it's better for us fighters. There's, uh, so much you just said there that I want to ask, but I guess I'll, I'll follow up with this, you mentioned UFC fighters coming over. And uh, I was wondering, Roy McDonald is a very prominent name, signed. He fights at welterweight, but he's mentioned coming, uh, fighting at 185 pounds. Does fighting somebody on the hip, like him interest you as a measuring stick at all? I mean, if they pay me, you know, like I, I'm in a contract, but you want to... I'll fight the guys who I fight. Obviously, if I, if I get a title shot and... Uh, uh, and I get it, then, yeah, I'll fight whoever's in front of me. But if I'm not fighting for the title, then you're going to have to pay me to fight guys like that. I'm, I, I, as a fighter, I'm not scared of nobody. I'll, I'll fight anybody. I'll fight Fedor if the money's right. But I got a family to take care of, you know? And um, But, no, it, it, like I said, he's been talking about he, want, he wants the belt and he wants to fight for the welterweight belt, uh, be the welterweight champ, and then move up and be the middleweight champ, and if I'm the champ, then so be it, let's fight. I think Roy's a great fighter, uh, cool guy, I met him, I talked to him on a few occasions, and uh, I hope nothing but the best for him, but um, that'll be a fun fight, uh, a true test, but like I said, I'm not even worried about Roy. I'm not worried about Kabaya. I'm worried about fucking uh, Shlomenko right now. So, um, yeah, anything's possible. The money's right. I'll fight anybody. I'll fight Fedor, you asked me to. You just got to add a couple of zeros, you know? Well, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about UFC 204. You're close to Michael Bisping. You're on the same season of the Ultimate Fighter. He's uh, making his first title defense back in England so with you two going way back how great was it for you to see him win the title and has that inspired you at all in your pursuit of uh, a Bellator title oh very much so that's my brother you know he's been nothing but a true friend and a great training partner to me um, over the last five years Maybe a little bit more. I know uh, I first started really training with him when Brian Stan, he threw me out. Calvin Gary for Brian Stan. Uh, I think that was three, four years ago. Um, and it's been great since, you know. Um, time and uh, obligations have, I was supposed to go out there uh, this camp, but I couldn't, you know. Uh, I just got all my kids to school and sports where I couldn't just leave my wife hanging this time around. So I threw in a couple guys here, but I just wish him the best. I think he's done enough 
to learn from. Seven years is a long time, you know, and I think he he's grown as a fighter, uh, matured more, and obviously he has. He's a champ now. He took out Luke Rocco, who's the man. He, he destroyed Machida, destroyed Weidman, and he destroyed Michael the first time around, and um, lightning didn't strike twice, you know, and... Um, and now he's got Don Henderson, and hope Lightning don't strike twice again. But I know he's done enough to where he's going to be a smarter fighter and um, um, more intelligent. You know, I know that means the same thing. But um, yeah, uh, like I said in a, my a previous interview, second or third round TKO, Michael Bisping retains the belt. Interesting, interesting prediction. Uh... So, last question. I guess we'll leave. We'll leave with this. Uh, Bellator loves the West Coast. They have a lot of fights in California. Um, there's a lot of talk about bringing a UFC event to Hawaii. Have you made any ground in talking to talking them into doing an event in Hawaii? I've thrown it in their ear. <laughs> uh, Rich Cho, uh, who's a fellow Islander, you know, uh, who's the matchmaker, who's kind of my boss. Um, I put it in his ear. I'm like, come on, bro. Like, Scott been there before. Let's, let's beat the UFC and come be the first big promotion to come here. Obviously, Scott brought Elite XC. He brought Nick Diaz. He brought a bunch of good fighters here. And I remember being at the Blazedale when Nick fought, I think, Mike Ina or K- one of Mike Ina or KJ Noons. Uh, I think it was Mike Ina. And it was a great fight, and that was the practice I ever seen the Blazedale for a fight, you know, and it's because the talent that he brought. And I think if Bellator comes back, it'll be the same thing. You can fill the undercard with a bunch of rising stars, you know. We got great talent out here, and uh, Rich knows that, but it's just uh, getting the, getting everything here everything costs money you know shipping all the production stuff here everything i think that's that that's the that's the deciding factor of it you know uh with uh yeah but hopefully hopefully in the future i wouldn't mind seeing i wouldn't mind being a part of it i hope it's in the near future where i'm still fighting but other than that um no matter what, hopefully it gets there. Well, uh, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to us. Best of luck to you in your fight. All right, thanks. So there we have it, Kendall Grove joining us. A lot of interesting things he had to say, uh, fighting Roy McDonald, talking about Hawaii, uh, the contract situation. He's got the Hawaiian attitude, just very relaxed, doesn't really uh, care too much one way or the other. And... Uh, Always, always very willing to talk, which is uh, much appreciated. So want to keep the show moving on right along. Coming up next, we have Hisaki Kato. Uh, let's see. Get him on the line. Uh, Hisaki, uh, thank you for taking the time out to talk no, to us. No, no problem. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. So why did you decide to focus on MMA instead of uh, kickboxing? Um, because uh, I'm I'm a karate fighter, 
I like to fight without uh, with small gloves, you know, with quite nothing in my hands. Uh, and in my, it's what I'm doing is not like uh, just like Olympic karate. It's called kudo, and we have all the the judo part in it, and we have the ground game in it. So it's really close to MMA, but with uh, gi on you. So that's why for me, switching to MMA was natural, not kickboxing. And uh, what do you think some of the key changes a kickboxer would need to make in order to be successful in MMA? Mm, uh, I think the distance. Look, every every combat sport have a different distance. Uh, the MMA fighting distance is different from kickboxing. It's different from karate. So I guess the most important thing from to adjust. Well, for me, is uh, is your fighting distance. Interesting. Um, in Bellator, they've had you wear a lot of hats. You've fought in MMA, you've gone to kickboxing, you've gone to Risen. Do you enjoy uh, doing it all? No, actually, I, I accepted the kickboxing offer because uh, because I enjoy having different experience. You know, I, I can just do it now. Uh, I'm not young anymore. Uh, it's my time, so. You know, I'm, I'm just trying to have different experiences and I'm enjoying it. So, uh, so yeah, I, I enjoy, I really enjoy that having fight and, and fighting rising in front of my 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 people in Japan. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I'm I'm blessed that I have all these different opportunities. And. Uh, you mentioned Risen. You won in spectacular fashion uh, over there. What was it like to go to be there and compete in front of your friends? Yeah, it it, it was really really nice. Uh, you know, I could wake up in, in in my home, going to the weigh-in, just coming back home, doing the fight, and just two hours after the fight, I was home again. So uh, it's, it's it's really nice. It's just like you you just do what you like, and you, just a moment after you you back to your family. So, and of course, because it was in Japan, everybody, all my friends and family, could see that fight in real time. So, uh, it was a, a really nice experience and a great moment. And uh, is traveling for the fights difficult for you? You have a long journey to make, or have you figured out a system that makes it uh, easier on you? Yeah, actually, it's quite. Uh, it's quite. I think it's quite hard to travel to to the east. To the east. So usually, when I have to travel to the west, uh, I don't feel the jet lag and I'm good. But when I travel to the east, to the east, I feel quite tired. So it's not really easy to adjust the jet lag. So that's why usually I'm trying to 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 be. Uh, in America one week before the fight to, to have time to adjust my body. And it's been a while since you've actually competed in Bellator, the kickboxing prison. Are you eager to get back into the Bellator cage? Yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, last fight was in, uh, I forgot that, uh, June. I think it was in June, so five months, something like that. So yeah, it's nice to be back. Uh, yeah, I like all the, you know, the, the fight week. I, I enjoy the fight week. So yeah, I'm really excited by, by with this next fight. And I know when you fought Schilling that there were disputes between you and your management. 
they didn't want you to take the fight. When they came to you with AJ Matthews, was there a conversation about it, or was it just simply, I'm going to take it? No, no, this fight was MMA, so it was easy. It was like, uh, I, I have a. Mm, my, my manager told me that he got an, an offer in MMA. So I said, okay, yes, let's do it. But yes. So it was really easy this time. In Bellator, at least, the middleweight division is considered to be lacking a star or a standout uh, name. Chael Sonnen coming back brought a lot of interest. Rory McDonald talking about fighting there brought a lot of interest in the division. Otherwise, there's not maybe necessarily a lot because it lacks that star or a champion with star power. Uh, is that your read of the division as well? Well, I guess, uh, yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah? The, the champion has no charisma and his like fight was not good and not entertaining. So that's true, that's true. Uh, yes, I guess, mm, I guess maybe the, the better need uh, Need a bigger personality, you know, to for for the chain. So, does that make you think you need to work on your own personality and letting that come out and trying maybe even to have to force it to come out so that you can be that star for that division? <laughs> well, of course, I wouldn't make effort to change my personality. You know, it's not my my game to. If to be a good personality and to to to, to, to make audience, you have to 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 say bad bad stupid things about your opponent. Then no, of course I'm not gonna do it, and I will never do it because it's not why I'm training martial art every day, and I will never change that point. So uh, if I was a champion, if I'm going to be the champion one day, I will just be the same guy and you know just trying to. To be a reliable uh, martial artist, that's it. So, what I gather from that is that you're thinking you need to go the uh, GSP route, being that person whose skills uh, do all the selling for them without having to do the trash talking. Is that right? Yes, 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 yes. I respect, uh, of course, uh, a lot uh, GSP for his uh, for his uh, legacy and, of course, for his personality. So, uh, yes. And uh, I kind of touched on that before earlier. There's a new guy who showed up at Bellator, when he, or Bellator in the 185-pound division, Chael Sonnen. Uh, what do you think of a potential fight with him? <laughs> He's a superstar. Eh? He's a legend, so it would be a great honor. Uh, yeah, of course, it would be a great honor to, have, to fight such a big fighter. And brought up his name earlier as well. Uh, Rory McDonald's also mentioned that he wants to fight in the division. Uh, is that a fight that's just as intriguing as Chael Sonnen? Yes, of course, of course. Uh, and he, yeah, of course, he, he got uh, like a really nice distance control. He's really complete with his striking. He, yeah, he's incredible. So, yes, yeah, so both of them, they're, they're elite fighters and really famous. So, uh, yes, it would be a great honor to face them. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out to talk to us. Best of luck to you in your fight. Thank you. So there we go. Kato joining us, uh, fighting at Bellator 162, fighting AJ Matthews uh, on the main card of the event. Uh, interesting interesting things he had to say. He's uh, been all over the place. You know, he fought a fight in Bellator against Joe Schilling. Then he fought who trains with uh, Nate Diaz. Then he fought him again in a kickboxing match, in a, a matchup that a lot of people favored Schilling, and he won. 
then he went overseas and fought. Um, so it's been an interesting uh, journey for him, and it's nice to see him finally back in the Bellator cage in what's a, maybe a wide-open division. So it'll be interesting to uh, watch everything unfold and what the future holds for him. So um, let's keep the ball rolling. I think we have lined up on the phone waiting to talk to us is Alexander Shlomenko, who's fighting Kendall Grove, who we spoke to earlier in the main event at Bellator 162 in Memphis. He is joined by his translator, uh, Alexi. Let's get them on the phone. Alexander and Alexi, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out to talk to us. Hey, Mike. Good to see you. So, was it difficult to get motivated to fight your last opponent again right away, or were you motivated to win more convincingly? Ты пришлось драться с одним и тем же соперником два раза подряд. Второй раз было ли тебе более так тяжело мотивировать себя на бой с ним или наоборот хотел кого промческу? Второй раз мне было намного проще, потому что первый бой я считаю его своим другом. А во втором мне было намного проще. Actually, it was way easier for me to fight him for the second time because when I fought him first, uh, I considered him, uh, you know, like a, a friend before the fight. So it was really difficult for me to motivate myself to fight against him. But after the first fight, there was some uh, talking in the press and uh, there were some um, other things. And uh, so when I fought him the second, the second time, I didn't consider him a friend anymore. And it was way easier for me to fight him because... Interesting. Have have they resolved the issues? Are they friends now? That's a simple answer. Uh, what was exactly said to spark all this animosity between two people who considered each other friends? Это первое. Второе, то, что он говорил, что у меня уничтожить это что не сделал плохо. Но это, это самое главное. И... Это самое главное. Yeah, he, well, he didn't show uh, he didn't show respect and uh, he in interviews he was saying he started saying that he's going to destroy me in the cage. Uh, even though I haven't done nothing bad for him that for him to say you know, such things that he is going, you know, to kill or to, to destroy me. And they, that's kind of, uh, you know, pissed me off. And, uh, you know, some other not nice things that he was saying against me, and uh, I really didn't like them. So uh, I stopped considering him a friend after that. Well, hopefully you guys can work it out uh, down the line. So we mentioned this earlier in the show. This is your first fight after a suspension that was overturned in the courts. Uh, what was the hardest part of the suspension process? Was it just being away from something you loved? Was it financial? Какая была самая сложная часть вот этого всего судебного процесса, стамиси и так далее? Самая сложная часть была дождаться, потому что постоянно были перенос, постоянно что-то откладывалось, самое сложное было дождаться решения. Waiting. Waiting was the most difficult part because uh, of the court hearing, they kept uh, being postponed and also prior to that commission hearing was postponed a couple of times and then the court hearing was postponed. So I had to wait, wait and wait. And uh, that what uh, actually made it like really hard. It was the hardest part. When the decision was overturned and you got that news, what was that moment like for you? 
когда решение поменяли, сняли от страны, с моментом тебя, как каким был. Нормально, я был рад, но все-таки я считаю, что честно выиграл Малку. Я бы хотел, чтобы Малку не выиграл в Европе. Yes, I was I was glad, but uh, I also uh, I mean I'm, I know that I my win against Melvin Madhuf was 100% honest victory, and uh, in this connection, uh, of course, I would want uh, the uh, more contest uh, to be changed into my my win, you know, in in my record. Uh, that's uh, the lack of that is kind of upset, still upsets me. But the whole fact that uh, I mean we won in, in this uh, court hearing, uh, of course, it was good news. <clears throat> and you you mentioned the run at the title shot. Your opponent's on a win streak. Is this the right fight to get you name right in the mix? Get you a lot of momentum? What kind of timeline uh, do you see to get yourself another shot at the title? Мне сложно сказать. Я сейчас думаю только о кем-то Мне нужно этот год пройти. Это хорошее испытание для меня. А дальше будет видно. Right now I'm only thinking about the fight against Kendall Proof because it's going to be great test for me. It's going to be a great test for me, and uh, I just need to pass it. But what I can tell you is I'm ready. I'm ready to fight often. I'm ready to fight once every two months. So uh, and uh, whenever. Once every uh, two months, that's a pretty frantic pace. Uh, with Rory McDonald and Charles Sonnen in the picture, is that uh, those two people that you're interested in testing yourself against if you were uh, to get the opportunity? Ну, мне интересно, и самое главное, я считаю, что бойцы Белата мне чуть не хуже бойцов Фьюси. А самом I know him personally, and uh, we have a good relationship. We've been trained together for a while. Uh, so, uh, in this, because of that, I don't really want to fight him. Yeah, тем более Рори Макдоналд говорил, что он хочет драться в двух весовых категориях. Но я считаю, что он на 77 килограмм не лучше в Белатере, а в 84 подавно. Also, Рори Макдоналд mentioned that he wants to fight in two weight categories in Belter at welterweight uh, well and middleweight. And I am confident that he's he's not going to be the best in neither of these weight categories, neither in welterweight or in in middleweight. Interesting. And you've uh, last question. You fought so many times in your prolific career. When did you start to feel comfortable, confident, knowing that this was the life for you, that uh, you were meant to be a fighter? Uh, 
You know what? I, I don't think that uh, I can say that I you know, started. feeling comfortable. I think that the most comfortable I felt during my first fights in the beginning of my career, because the higher stakes are, uh, the bigger stages, the uh, more pressure you get, and the more nervous you get. And uh, so, obviously, because of that, it's way less uh, comfortable. Well, thank you, Alexander, for taking time out to talk to us, and uh, thank you, Alexi, for translating. Best of luck to you. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, guys. So, here we go. Alexander Chlomenko is in the main event of Bellator 162, fighting Kendall Grove, who spoke to us earlier. Uh, some interesting things he had to say. He noted that he would rather fight Rory McDonald than Chael Sonnen. Now he cited their friendship as a big indicator of that, too. But I think that also sings the praises of Rory McDonald. Uh, Chael's been inactive for a while and why he's a big name. And maybe that's somebody that you would like to test yourself against or, well, not test yourself against, but maybe capitalize off the marketing value that would come from that fight or uh, the money that could potentially be made from that fight. Uh, Rory is younger. He's in his prime and maybe is a tougher challenge. So, uh, that was kind of an interesting answer, but given everything that he said earlier in the show uh, about the issues when he had fighting a friend, uh, it doesn't necessarily come as too much of a shock that he wouldn't want to go that road again and have to um, see another friendship dissolve. And you know, uh, Chael Sonnen likes the trash talk, and that would be a possibility if trash talk is what brought down their first relationship, or the first friendship that he mentioned. Uh, of course, I doubt if they were friends, Chael Sonnen would would unload on him or uh, put himself in that situation but still interesting answers and uh great insight um thanks to alexi for translating as well uh so we're going to wrap up with our last guest uh, and before we do i just wanted to uh, mention a couple of things that uh, we do have the line that you can call in to leave a question uh, that we'll get to on the show uh 815-570-3923 you leave a message with your question, your name, and we will uh, get it on the show. Um, again, that number is 815-570-3923. Uh, UFC 204 this weekend. It's going to be an epic show. Uh, look forward to talking about it after it's all said and done. Um, and looking forward to Bellator 162. Uh, there was some news that Ricardo Lamas is uh, without an opponent. Uh, BJ Penn was supposed to fight, and BJ Penn is pulled. So uh, we had interviewed him. Uh, before Elias had because he was going on to town and he wanted to get this interview in on the podcast. Um, so he has the interview and it's pre-recorded before that news broke. So uh, if you download this podcast on iTunes, you listen to it on TuneIn or you listen to it on um, Google Play, we will add that pre-recorded interview at the very end of the show. Um, obviously, it's a little outdated, but you can hear what uh, Ricardo had to think or had to say about the BJ fight when he thought it was still going to happen. So um, that'll be a little surprise for everybody who subscribes to the download or to the podcast on iTunes. So we got Yamauchi on the line. Let's go ahead and get him patched through. I'm good at you. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time out to uh, talk to us. So this move to uh, lightweight, is it permanent, or are you feeling this weight class out? I'm moving up because uh, 165 is my real weight class, and, uh, you know, 
I'm not moving there because I'm lazy and I want to. I don't want to go. I just moving there because this is my real way class and I need to. I will. I will get some better performance in this way class. That's all. So, if this is your natural weight class, why did you fight at 145 for so long? Why didn't you make the move earlier? Yes, yeah. I was, you know, I was destroying my, my body. Uh, cutting for 145 pounds. I was destroying all my, 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 my career, my body. But now I'm feeling stronger, better, and happy. It's 10 pounds less the curse, so it's, it's a lot. And weight cutting has always been a huge topic, seemingly, and maybe more so recently in the wake of the Chris Cyborg fight. And a lot of promotions have gone about trying to change things recently. Since uh, weight cutting played a part in your decision, what is the best way for promotions to handle weight cutting? Is it something like what 1FC uh, has done with the walking around weight? Is it the earlier weigh-ins with the UFC? Uh, What do you think the solution is? I think the option that UFC did for 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 the fighters is a is a is a, is a huge thing. I think I believe this is the best way to to make the the the, the And uh, actually, I think MMA needs more weight classes. You know, like like, like boxing. Boxing. There's a lot of weight class. Too much more than MMA. If you had control and you could set up the weight classes, how would you do it? Every 10 pounds, every 5 pounds? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the same after boxing. All right. Uh, some moving on. Some people thought that you could get a title shot with a win in your last fight. Was it hard to come that close and miss? Yeah, I I thought that I was I was close on my title shot because you know there wasn't fighters able to to fight for the title shot because you know it's like a if a if for any new fight, fighter show up for to fight for for the belt, will be the same. If big movers, strong, stack curve, wash of people. So I was I was really believing that I will I will uh, take my title shot. But you know, uh, like I said, one forty five five is not my weight class. And, just now I'm, I'm a new guy. I'm a new fighter. So, do you view it as a blessing in disguise? Like, if you had uh, won and you fought for the title, you'd still be fighting at 145. And then, if you won the belt, you'd uh, be there defending the belt at 145 pounds. So, do you view uh, the loss as a blessing in disguise because you got to move up? My 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 plan in the in the time if I if I. If I defeat Bubba Jenkins, I will continue them with 145 pounds. And after after the title shot, 
I I would move up, but the things changed a little bit. I lost that fight. I I I felt my body weak. I felt my my body being destroyed, and uh, I made the decision to to move up 155 pounds. So, how long after that fight did it take you to get through all of that? Uh, I took some time to think about a lot of things in my life, and uh, was a was a tough time. Nobody liked to, to, to lose a fight, but I I took a, a time and uh, I decided a lot of a lot of things in inside my career, and I I think I. I made the, the, the right decision. Right after the fight, I, uh, I started to think about it. In all this uh, time off, did you do anything special? No, nothing. Nothing special. So just, uh, just uh, you know, rest a little bit. Uh, enjoy, enjoy my life. I was, I was so, you know, I was so sad in the. I, I, I believe that uh, I, was, I was doing the, the wrong thing, but now I'm, I'm good and uh, I, will, I will be a better fighter because I'm happy. I'm happy and uh, I'm, I'm hungry for, 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 my, for my, my victory, so everything's good now. This is the most important and uh, you guys will see a, a, a new version. So we talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, what are your thoughts on the current 155 pound division and the way everything's uh, looking? Uh, people, people say that 155 pound is the most dangerous weight class in the MMA, and uh, I agree. I think it's the, the toughest weight class in the MMA. Uh, Bellator, yes, I think is the, the toughest weight club, but uh, it's a kind of motivation to me. I want to be the, the best fighter in the world. I'm looking for that. I'm, uh, I will. I will be out of life. I know that. I just need to, you know, get some experience. Uh, you know, I'm patient now, and I, I know that my time will come. And uh, I was wondering if you had any thoughts on the Benson Henderson Patricio Pitbull fight and how that played out. Yeah, I watched. Uh, Pitbull was he, he, he did a, a good job, but I think the the, the danger danger was 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 the, the, the you know was the, the the bad things in that fight because he was he was he, he was winning the fight. Against uh, the Henderson. The Henderson, the Henderson is not the, the, the same fighter, you know. But uh, people made a, a good job, and uh, if he he didn't get injury, he, he will win the fight. Interesting. And uh, 
that one got him the title shot. What were your thoughts about Benson Henderson walking away with the title shot, despite the fact that he, a lot of people thought he was losing and it, the fight ended because of an injury? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, not, it's, not, it's not up to me. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out to talk to us. Best of luck to you in your fight. Uh, best wishes. Thank you so much. All right. And that wraps up all the guests that we have for today. For those of you who tuned in late, uh, Elias is overseas in Europe with his wife. Um, not attending Bellator or UFC 204 Manchester, spending time with his wife. Uh, so he wasn't with us today. We, we had a lot of great guests. If you missed any of it, make sure to go into iTunes or Google Play and download the podcast when it gets up later tonight. Uh, the guests included Ryan Couture, Kendall Grove, Alexander Chlomenko, a bunch of fighters from the Bellator 162 card, which is later this month, I believe October 21st, uh, in Memphis at the FedEx Forum. Um, so really looking forward to that card. Uh, we also mentioned earlier that Elias, before he left, recorded an interview with Ricardo Lamas that he wanted to include on the show, even though he wasn't going to be here. Uh, of course, that was before the news about BJ Penn came out, so uh, it's a little outdated, but still, we're going to include it into the back end of the episode, uh, the version that we l- upload into iTunes. So uh, download the podcast, and you can hear that interview exclusively. Um, thank you guys for tuning in to watch us. Every week, we'll be doing this on Wednesdays, 2 p.m., right here on the Sports Illustrated MMA channel. You can follow us on Extra Rounds on Twitter, Fansided MMA on Twitter, and we'll keep you up to date with who's going to be on the show and when we'll be broadcasting live, and we'll make sure that you get the link. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your week. Hey, Ricardo, it's, it's Elias. Sorry I missed your call back. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing well, but how about yourself, brother? Good. Good, good. Thanks for making time, man. I appreciate it. No problem. All right, so I before uh, before this fight was announced, I, I knew, you know, some some other fighters and stuff that were, that were going, trying to get this fight with BJ Penn, like actively asking the UFC and stuff. Is this... Is this a fight you guys sought out, or was it just presented to you and and, uh, and you liked it? Uh, no, it was just presented to us. Uh, you know, kind of out of nowhere, my brother just got an email. I think we we went to the UFC and we were asking, you know, one on one fight next. And, um, we kind of had to get on them a little bit, you know. Uh, Sean said that you know he'll. He'll give us something in a little bit, and then the email popped up one day, and it was a fight with BJ Penn. It was kind of, you know, one of the last fights I was expecting to get at 145, but um, we always like to have options, so we, we asked if, you know, there were any other options, and he said no, so we took it. Why, you know, what initially at least, what, why do you think you weren't super excited uh, about the, about taking the fight? You guys asked for other options. Like, what wasn't appealing to you uh, about it? Um, no, it wasn't that it wasn't appealing. It's just that, 
you know, this is, you have to treat this like a business. So the more options you have, the better. Uh, um, one of the things I, I kind of didn't like about it was that it was going to be, you know, halfway across the world. This would be the first time that I'd be fighting in, you know, a completely opposite time zone of, of what I'm used to. So um, it's always good to have options to just, just to see what would be best for you uh, at that moment. But... You know, it's fine. It's uh, DJ Penn is a huge name. Um, I did the trip to Manila for for promoting, and I adjusted very quick to the time change, so that's not going to be a problem. And everything's good now. That's cool, and that, and that makes sense. And how um, are you guys planning to get out there um, before Tuesday of Fight Week, or is it going to be like a normal thing where you guys get in a, on a Tuesday? No, I'm, I'm going to get out there a couple days early. I'll probably get out there either. Saturday or Sunday before the fight, so I could kind of have that that whole week to adjust. That makes a lot of sense. Once you started, once the fight was a reality and, and you guys accepted it, um, and you know now that you've been training for it, you mentioned BJ Penn is is a big name. Does does that get you very very excited? You you've had about as tough of a schedule in terms of uh, quality of opponents as anyone in the world in any weight division. Are you excited, frankly, uh, Ricardo, to to have a maybe the biggest name, um, you know, that, that, that you're fighting in, in many ways, but someone that is not probably currently as as dangerous as some of the guys you've you've uh, you've been facing most recently? Yeah, um, you know, BJ on paper probably has the most credentials out of anybody that I've fought. You know, he's a two division world champion, uh, current Hall of Famer. Um, so it's huge. You know, the, the accolades he has to his name are, are real big. And uh, But I do feel like I've, I've fought tougher opponents. Um, I don't know. You know, he's just he's one of these old school guys, man. And uh, I'm one of the new school guys. So it's going to be kind of one of those matchups. When when those matchups happen, or when this matchup happens, old school versus new school, what do you think? What do you think the the, the biggest difference is? Is it just about mileage? Is it just about um, you know youth or, or, or reflexes there? Or is there is there any other are there any other things that you think really are going to be pronounced uh, once you've got like you said an old school guy fighting a new school guy? I don't think it's going to be about age. Uh, because he's only like three years older than me, but definitely mild mileage uh, plays a factor in it. He started fighting a lot earlier than me, a lot younger, uh, put a lot of hurting on his body, you know, through the training, through the fights, through all that. So the, all that stuff adds up. Uh, it kind of, when you get started in, in this business at a younger age, it, it kind of makes you age a lot faster, you know, uh, body-wise um, and mentally. So uh, I think that's going to be, uh, a big factor in, in this fight, and and I I imagine you're going to say you're feeling great, but I want to ask like how how have you been been feeling? You had a a tough long fight in your last one. How long did you did you rest? And how you know how how long ago did you start feeling um, physically 100 percent able to train hard again? And mentally, uh, how long ago did you did you were you back in it and 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 ready mentally to go out there and uh, and and fight again or train for a fight hard again? Mentally, I was ready five minutes after I walked out of the cage against, you know, after my last fight. Um, 
physically, I came down with, with a pretty bad infection in my leg right after the fight. I was in the hospital for um, three, three or four days after the fight, and uh, that took a while to, to fully heal. Um, but as soon as my leg was good, I was, I was back in the gym, back to training again. Do you do you feel talking about your opponent at the matchup again, Ricardo? Do you do you feel that when you look at BJ Penn's career that he's most dangerous uh, on the ground or on the feet with with his with his punching? Like, or or is there is there not really um, is that like a false choice? Um, I think BJ could be dangerous anywhere. Uh, he's a guy that likes to brawl. He uh, it's not like. He's uh, the Damian Maya type fighter where he, he's searching for the takedown and takes all the, his, his opponents down and then submits them right away. No, BJ, he's, he's a, a, a true fighter. He'll fight all around. He'll fight on the feet. He'll fight on the ground. So um, I think in most of his fights, you see him standing and, and trading with his guys. You know, it only goes to the ground if, if he gets taken down. Do you, I, I'm sure you do feel comfortable. I want to ask, how comfortable do you feel, you know, in your head in this hypo, hypothetical situation, Ricardo? You guys mix it up a little on the feet, you get the takedown, you're on top. Not many people outside of, I guess, much larger George St. Pierre have, have really been able to control uh, BJ even once they're on top of him. Do you feel, though, that, you know, even as someone, I guess, you know, around the same size, you guys are both featherweights now, do you feel confident that you can stay out of danger on top if you get that takedown and, and, and employ your, your bullying, you know, your do, do damage on top like you always do? Uh, Frank Yeager controlled him on the ground. He's a smaller guy. That's a good point. I forgot about Frankie. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, I, I have uh, 100% confidence in myself and my abilities. When I'm on top, I don't, I'm not a lay and pray fighter. You know, when I'm on top, I'm hurting you. So, um, it would be, uh, I think, a, a bad position for BJ to be in. Do you feel? Do you feel like your opponent is is really going to be in it mentally? Like the last time we saw him, he, he looked very strange. He's gone back and forth talking about being out of the gym. Is that something that you you feel he's you know where you feel he's one hundred percent in? Or Ricardo, is this something that you can't even really be bothered to think about or worry about? It's not something I bother to. Uh, think or worry about you know I made sure I don't underestimate anybody I'm, I'm ready for you know the best version of BJ Penn that there is I've been I've been doing my job putting in the work and busting my ass in the gym so if if he comes in you know if he didn't put in the work it's it's going to show him a fight it's going to be a very lopsided fight are you excited about the stage obviously you got to travel far away like you said uh, to to do this fight, but it's a it's a it's a it's a high profile fight, and you know you're you're obviously you're coming off of a loss. The the, the sport is real cool. You could have guys that are in the top you know five like yourself, you know uh, have a, a loss or two in, in the promotion, or sometimes even fans start to forget about about you um, you know too quickly. Are, are you excited for the chance to in a very big way? Um, come back, get back at the win column, and, and let people know that you should be, you know, uh, you should, you're not far off from title contention again. Yeah, that's always the plan, you know. In this sport, it's uh, you're only as good as your latest performance. So I have to like prove to everybody that I deserve to be here again, and um, 
I have no doubt that, that that's exactly what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm curious, Ricardo. I know training camps can be a long, a long process, but is it? Are you the type of person that it, it, it's? It can sometimes like you've got to make sure you you do enough to get you like, mentally up every day for the monotony, or, or are you someone that maybe is it works is so excited throughout camp, works so hard that you have to like, or your coaches have to make sure they pull you pull you back a little bit, um, so you don't you know uh, go overboard maybe. Yeah, you know, I'm always, I'm always uh, one of the first ones in the gym, one of the last ones to leave. And um, sometimes my coaches, you know, they'll they'll see it in my face where I'm to the point where I might be starting to overtrain a little bit, and they'll tell me to go home and relax or whatever. Uh, but I've been in a in a good place in this camp. I've I've been enjoying going, waking up and training every day, and um, yeah, it's been good. <laughs> what? And you know, come 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 fight weeks. Like, where where are you? Uh, you know, mentally as well. Are you are you kind of champing at the uh, at the bit to get in there? I know waiting is sometimes, especially when you get real close. Waiting can be the hardest, one of the hardest parts about fighting. Fight week is uh, is really a time I just try and do things to take my mind off the fight. You know, because it's, if you sit there and and think about the fight and you're sitting there just waiting the whole week, you can drive yourself crazy. You know, you, you just drive yourself crazy thinking about the million different scenarios that could play out in a fight. Um, so I really just try and uh, take my mind off it, you know, besides when, when I'm not cutting, you know, working out or cutting weight or whatever, I like to be out with uh, my corners or my family that's there and uh, just hanging out with them and, you know, just kind of bullshitting around and, uh, doing anything to to get my mind away from from that fight and thinking about it and and on fight night or even as you're walking out there you're walking up the steps cage door locks you guys are squaring up and you know you're about to be uh told to to get after it is it is it a is it a situation where you try to like calm yourself or are you like um trying to get get a little bit more uh, excited or or is it a, does it depend you know on, on the night no, I'm, I kind of would describe myself as, you know, when I'm, when I'm in the cage and, you know, the fight's about to start, it's like a, a blank cam canvas. You know, there's no more thinking about what's going to happen. There's no more thinking about what has happened. It's just right there, like, in that moment, you just have to let your, your training and your instincts take over and your reactions take over. So there's no more thinking, there's no more nerves, there's, there's no more nothing. You know, it's a blank canvas, and then it, it kind of gets painted as, as the fight goes on. That's interesting. And is that is that process, just the, the scrapping itself, is that something that you really do enjoy? I mean, you fight with a great intensity, um, so you know, it, it, it certainly could seem like it is. Like, do you, do you still relish the scrapping itself? Is that something in the moment where you're creating... That, that painting, so to speak, on that blank canvas. Do you just do you love that process? Yeah. You know, I, I like to adapt. I like to uh, change things up in the middle of a fight. You know, you, you, kind of, you really have to trust your instincts in there. And, you know, aside from listening to your corner, you have to uh, – you do have to kind of wing some, some stuff on your own, and I enjoy that. I enjoy the whole process of it. Do you guys have plans to to stick around the Philippines after the fight? You 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 heading back uh, stateside right after? 
No, I'll, I'll be coming straight home after. Um, I haven't been home in a while. You know, I've, I've been down here in Miami for, for a month. I'll be home for about a day or two before I have to go back to the Philippines. So it'll be nice to get back home and, you know, just uh, spend time with the family and uh, eat whatever <laughs> I want. I bet. What are some of your what are some of your go to foods once you can eat again after fights? Oh man. Pizza is always a huge one. That's uh that's one of my big vices and living in Chicago we we get many different kinds and styles. We we have some we have the best, you know, pizza in the world I think. So uh pizza's huge and I usually build up a list. Probably it probably starts about around fight week when I like am eating like a bird, but um, I'll be watching like diners, drive-ins, and dives and all that, and see the areas around Chicago that that has been on there, and I'll make little lists to go hit those places up. I love it, man, and and uh, we're we're in Chicago obviously as well too, so I'm super super curious about the about the list. I got a specific question, another one about food, but when you get back into town. We got to meet up. We sh- we should go hit some of those uh, on the list. We'll we'll do it for the show, man. It'll be fun. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I, I know you've been you've been you know sponsored. I don't know if you still are. I know you've been sponsored in the past by uh, by Amilagro. The the one on Blue Island here in the city was is across the street from where I grew up. What what's what's what are some of your go to uh, tacos that you like? Do you you know do you like a certain type of meat, a certain type of deal? Like what 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 do you uh, what do you most enjoy? Would you say? Uh, the go-to, you, you got to have the carne asada taco, tacos. Those are uh, those are the best. And I'm I'm also a pretty big fan of uh, al pastor. Um, those are my my two biggies. Love so, it. I stay I stay away from from the, the brains and you know the tongue taco. Well, the tongue taco not that bad. I had one uh, not too long ago. It was it was okay. I st- I've never done the sesos. I've never done the brains myself. No, neither have I. <laughs> For, for, I remember being a kid and like asking my parents like, "What's that?" And they told me I was like, "No, you're lying." But no, it's true. Brain tacos. <laughs> what's your what's the what's one of your favorite pizza places that uh, that you dig? You know, I got I got my favorite. It's, it's not it's not a it's not a stuffed one. I love stuffed pizza, but my very favorite pizza in Chicago is not it's a it's a thin crust. How about you? Uh, it depends on what mood I'm in. You know, sometimes I'll be in the mood for deep dish, and my my favorite deep dish is Giordano's. Um, and then thin crust. There's a there's a spot called Falco's. There's one in the city. There's a couple of locations. One in the city. There's one out in the suburbs. But that's one that uh, that I get a lot also. Falco's is amazing. Yeah, I swear they had to, they had to have like had some family with the Homer Nin family. I don't know if you ever had Homer Nin, but they're very similar pizzas. They're both they're both yeah, spectacular. Yeah. <laughs> they are kind of. Well, sorry I got you hungry again, man, but we got we to gotta get some food when, after the fight, brother. But thanks so much for, for taking time. I look forward to, to seeing you uh, once you get back in town. For sure, man. Thanks a lot for having me on. Thank you, brother. Take care.